Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Hi there, welcome to a brand new episode of Investor Intelligence brought to you by the team at The Property Mentors. It's your weekly podcast for all things investment. As always, I'm your host, Phoebe Sikowski-Wallace, and back with me again is our investment expert, Luke Harris. Luke, are you feeling uh, superstitious at all, it being Friday the 13th? Well, I've got a black cat, so I don't know if that makes things worse or makes <laughs> things better on Friday the 13th, but uh, oh, I'm no. not particularly worried about anything, so i put it that way. That's good. All right, maybe let us know at the end of the day. Maybe I'll get the ladder out and see what happens if I walk under it. <laughs> good one. <laughs> All right, so there's a lot happening at the moment. Most notably, interest rates have gone up, which we spoke about last week, and you gave us your take on that, which I think was a really great perspective that most people wouldn't be hearing in the noise of all the media. And I recommend that episode for anyone, well, for anyone, really. Um, But today we are talking about the upcoming election, which is something everyone's keeping a keen eye on. And it will be happening two days from the day that this episode is released. So on the 21st, the election's happening. Um, Housing policies don't seem to be a huge aspect this time around, but there is, of course, potential that it is going to impact people who are investing in property. But Luke, let's go back a bit to start off with. Historically, how have elections impacted property investment? Historically, there's there's always been, I guess, an argument around what each government or incoming government is is going to do with housing because it's always been a hot topic. People always want to. Uh, people are always worried about paying too much rent. Uh, housing prices are too high. I've never really seen any election campaign where people are saying, "Hey, house prices aren't doing well enough," or that you know my my property isn't going up in value or my rent is too cheap. So there's always been um, issues in elections with uh, with housing. Um, this time around, it hasn't really been. Uh, a big focus. There's been a lot of focus on um, the employment rates and inflation, and um, obviously national security has been a big topic this time around with uh, geopolitical situations at the moment. But uh, it's it's always been a discussion when it comes uh, to elections. So sometimes, like in, uh, in in 2019, it was a bigger conversation. It was a bigger part of the the uh, the election conversation. This time around, not so much. Yeah, so I know negative gearing was um, quite a lot of light was shed on that in 2019. So negative gearing was definitely a, a political football at the last election, and uh, Labor was going in with uh, big policies around uh, big shakeups to and changes to negative gearing policies, and uh, I, I believe that cost them the election uh, be, because of that, mm. uh, because the changes were quite uh, quite drastic, and essentially a lot of property investors. Uh, and a lot of mum and dad property owners out there uh, were worried about the the, the loss of uh, capital gains, uh, sorry, negative gearing benefits, sorry, uh, the negative gearing benefits uh, for their investment properties. And you've got to think most investors out there, property investors, 
are not multimillionaire tycoons. A lot of people out there that own mm. investment properties are your typical mum and dad uh, suburban uh, property owner that may ha- maybe has one investment property, maybe two, uh, that are not necessarily multimillionaires. They're people that are just planning for retirement and, and trying to get ahead. And uh, they're your voters. A lot of people are out mm. there you know, worried about these things. So Labor, I believe, lost the election on, on those policies, proposed policies. And uh, obviously the Liberals, um, you know, continued on uh, running the country. But this time around, Labor scrapped that negative gearing debate and uh, really focused more on other policies that are more pressing at the moment. And it seems to be, uh, uh, has fallen into the, um, the background a little bit this time around. And both uh, Labor and Liberal are not discussing any changes to negative gearing. Yeah, yeah. Now, out of curiosity, does a state election or a federal election change things for investors? Like, is one, like, is there one more than the other? Not necessarily. Usually, the federal election is where the big decisions get made around uh, national policies like negative gearing. Um, but also, who's running the country is also going to affect a number of things like employment rates and uh, interest rates and things like that that are going to affect people's personal incomes. On a state level, mm. there's generally not a huge amount of change to uh, property-based policies uh, as as such when it comes to things like interest rates and, and so forth. But um, things like stamp duty, they generally don't change very often. The states like that income source, so they don't generally... Uh, come to come to an election bringing changes to stamp duty or anything that really affects investors a great deal. But obviously a state level um, election people need to keep an eye on because different parties are going to propose and promise various infrastructure projects and, you know, rail and road and, you know, hospitals and schools. Those types of uh, projects can be discussed at, an, at a state election and obviously at a national level as well, at a federal election, but more on a state level is where we're going to discuss more infrastructure projects and what they're doing for local jobs. So I think that really is important. But from a property investor's perspective, um, keeping track of every policy for every state and territory in the country is going to be quite difficult. So, of course, um, you need to keep a general understanding of what's going on out there. But it's very difficult to keep your finger on the pulse with every state and territory uh, that you have property in, as well as being on top of what's happening on a federal level. Yeah, sure. So for this upcoming election, so 2022, I know you could talk about this all day, um, but can you kind of summarise what the major parties are talking about in regards to property investment this time around? Yeah, exactly. Well, not necessarily about investment. So as I said, they're staying away from the negative gearing debate that's really been put to the back burner. Uh, As I said, Labor uh, essentially lost the election last time on on the negative gearing uh, topic and also a number of other factors that probably cost them the election, but they've scrapped that this time around. Um, When it comes to uh, property in general, though, the, the cost of living and the cost of housing is certainly a big thing with inflation at record levels we haven't seen before. Um, we've just had the first interest rate in the last 11 years, uh, which has been a very uh, uh, slow period of growth. And we've now come out of the, the COVID pandemic with you know, increases in, in everything. Everything's costing more. The cost of living is really hurting people right now. You go to the shops and a, a lettuce is costing you an extra three or $4. And you know where we are up here in, in Early Beach, in sunny Early Beach, um, capsicums are like $16 a kilo and you know, it's just insane some of the costs that you're seeing these days and obviously that's that's a big thing for people you know I don't need that much capsicum to make it <laughs> affect me too much but obviously 
you know, capsicums are just one thing. Then you're adding adding on your lettuce and your tomatoes and all of these things are costing more. So people are people are feeling the pinch a lot more, and especially people trying to get into the market, first home buyers and people with a mortgage. A lot of people that have bought property in the last five to ten years, and we did discuss this in last week's episode. People that are going to get a shock. Uh, when interest rates do start rising and, and they have started rising and later in the year they're going to continue rising even further, those are the people that are going to get a, a bit of a shock when interest rates rise and the cost of living is going up. So as far as each um, party's policies, there are policies around uh, making home ownership more affordable. There's a lot more talk around co-ownership schemes. We won't go into those in huge amount of detail today, but essentially Labor's proposing to pay up to 40% of the the, the property value and co-invest on a state level. There's always um, state level incentives. There's a lot of state governments. Um, WA, for example, has some good policies around um, co-ownership with the government, uh, reduced stamp duty for first home buyers, discounts on new, new property stamp duty in Victoria, for example. So on a state by state level, uh, mixed with the, the policies that are coming out from the federal level, it's, it's going to be interesting times ahead. But I've noticed over the last couple of decades, whenever government gets involved, we look at NRAS, we look at first home buyer schemes and other things that governments tried to essentially stick their fingers in the pie uh, and get involved in the private sector. These government incentives typically only work for a small number of people. They generally don't work for the masses. And that means that they, they may work for some low income earners. They may work for some um, uh, types of employees, for example, um, you know, for NRAS properties, for example, uh, nurses and teachers and, and people like that uh, that get a discounted rent through these some of these uh, state and, and federal schemes. But it doesn't work for everybody. There's no broad-based uh, policies out there that are going to benefit everybody entirely. Um, and that's fine. Uh, it just, I, don't, I feel personally that the, the policies that are coming out uh, are going to help some people, but not, not in a huge enough way to make a really big dent. I think a lot of pressure is being put on um, both Labor and Liberal, and of course the Greens have got their own policies around housing as well. But um, there's been a lot of pressure to try and help the cost of living uh, come down, and housing is such a big part of that. Either buying or renting is is expensive, and it takes a huge chunk of people's incomes away, and it really is hard to save a deposit and also go in there and pay rent and buy your own home at the same time, it's tough. And when people are out there having to pay huge amounts of money for their groceries, petrol's going up, insurance is going up, it makes it really challenging for people. And that that really is going to be the challenge for the incoming government, whoever they may be, Labor or Liberal, uh, whether we end up with a hung parliament, who knows. Um, but either way, it's going to be an interesting time over the next six months, whoever's running the country, to try and balance that. And I think the, the issue is... Um, housing and the economy is such a complicated thing to try and fix. It's not something you can't just go in there with a silver bullet and fix the housing market. You can't come in there and fix affordability because there's so many moving parts in the economy. And it's not as simple as just bringing out a co-ownership scheme or reducing stamp duty or or this or that. Um, Those things may help and they may help some people. But like I said, it's a complex issue and, and helping everybody evenly uh, is is going to be a challenge, and with inflation increasing, uh, it, it is it is going to be a tough year ahead for a lot of people. And and liberals obviously been running the country for some time now. Obviously now that there's a, a threat to their leadership of the country, 
uh, they they bring out their own policies and you know they have their own things that they want to tweak and and change as well. But obviously, uh, they've had a, a good best part of a decade really running the country. So if they were going to make any significant changes to to housing, they probably would have done that by now. Uh, obviously, when they get uh, you know they get pressure at an election, they come out with a bunch of new policies and things that are. Uh, supposed to change and improve various things but uh, my view is that uh, you know when you've had the, the the top seat for the best part of a decade there's a lot of things that, that um, if, if they were going to do it they would have done it by now so look we've probably got to take both labor and liberals housing policies with a grain of salt uh, regardless of whether they're costed and budgeted or not uh, because obviously we've seen many times before where promises get made at elections and surprise surprise they don't follow through. Uh, but I think as far as our listeners are concerned, for property investors in particular, there's no major changes on the horizon. I think the biggest changes for property investors and people listening to our podcast are people that are really going to be uh, impacted by interest rates and the cost of living. And I think the, the biggest challenge for property investors that have bought over the last five to 10 years or so, they haven't seen interest rates at, at higher levels. They haven't seen seven, eight percent interest rates and if you haven't budgeted for it like we covered in our last episode if you haven't budgeted for it and you're not prepared for it um, that's going to be a big shock to a lot of people especially with the increased cost of living that we're all experiencing yeah that preparation is really really important so speaking of states you mentioned that before is the result of the election likely to impact different areas of the country differently when it comes to property investment like is property investment in queensland where you are are going to be significantly impacted differently to say where I am in Victoria? Look, I don't think state by state there's going to be a huge amount of impact for property investors. I think the the impact is mostly going to be felt with people uh, essentially trying to get into the market. It is a challenge with the the government policies, both Labor and Liberal, uh, for this co-ownership scheme that's being uh, discussed of people getting into the market, where they're coming into the market potentially as as a partner essentially with the government. I certainly wouldn't want to go into a partnership with the government on anything uh, like a a property. But if it gets people into a home, then that's great. But they're also getting into uh, their first home with deposits as low as 2%, um, which means that there's very little skin in the game. Uh, And yes, it might help people to get into the market, but also they're coming in at a time where interest rates are going to be increasing. So it is is going to be uh, a bit of a challenge um, in the in the the months and the years ahead, but I don't think any particular state's going to do better or worse uh, through the through the outcome of the election. The Property Mentors are celebrating their eighth birthday and to celebrate are offering a special one month membership for brand new members. This special birthday membership not only gets you access to one of our expert mentors for three coaching sessions, but we will also source and present an investment property to you and assist you through the purchase process. Getting started in property investment has never been easier. Visit thepropertymentors.com.au forward slash birthday to join today. So, I mean, Luke, at the end of the day, should a change in government deter someone from investing? I know your answer, but talk me through it. Well, look, my, my answer is definitely not. And the governments are going to change, like I mentioned uh, recently as well in our, our podcast, was that I've invested through all sorts of different things. I've invested through the GFC. I've invested through the, the tech bubble. I've invested through 
SARS and COVID and all of these different things. And during that, there's been a range of different governments uh, with with the, the, the keys to the country. So I think the thing for investors is to um, not worry about what any particular government's doing and focus on yourself and your own particular goals, your own particular investing in and your own numbers. Make sure you know your numbers, do your planning, make sure you've got the right team of people around you. Um, but don't worry about necessarily what the government's doing. You can't control it anyway. Yes, you can vote them out uh, or, or at least make your vote to try and vote them out or in. Um, but the thing is, the governments are going to do what the governments are going to do. And we're here in a democratic society to vote them in and out as we need to. Um, but we can't directly control what they're going to do. So all we can do is is manage what's in our control and adapt our planning and strategy accordingly. And obviously, whatever the government of the day is doing, we need to adapt our strategy accordingly. Now, if the, the governments are busy focusing on uh, global conflicts and focusing on you know, tearing up submarine contracts and signing new ones and other things that are going on around the world, uh, and also you know, other things that government are focusing on, like trying to bring in good housing policies and trying to manage inflation and employment, they're busy doing a lot of things they're not really going to be messing too much with property investors directly. Now, if they are, and they're talking about changes that are going to affect property investors, then of course, tune into the podcast because we'll be talking about it. Um, but the mm -hmm. thing is, is that you just need to adapt your strategy accordingly. And as long as you're across what's going on, you don't need to be micromanaging what the government's doing, but you just need to be aware of what's going on and educating yourself and listening to podcasts like this so that you can actually understand what's going on out there. And then through that, you're actually going to get an understanding of what you need to be worried about and what you don't need to be worried about. And a lot of people worry about things that they can't control. My focus is to worry about the things that I can control. And then once you're in control mm -hmm. of them, you don't need to worry about them. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And yeah, as you said, your goals really shouldn't change through that at all, no matter what. So Luke, any last thoughts or anything else you'd kind of like to add, either on this topic or just sort of property investment in general? Property in general, look, I think uh, regardless of the election, property is still going to do well this year. Uh, we've seen uh, mm. property coming off the off the back of very low interest rates. They're still low. We've still got historically low interest rates. The doom and gloom that's yeah. in the media is, is probably scaring a lot more people than it should be. And obviously in a period of yep. uncertainty like this, where we've got an election, we've got global conflicts happening, we've got increasing in inflation, we've got interest rates going up. That's a lot of uncertainty and there's only so much uncertainty that people can handle before they bury their head in the sand and say, wake me up when 2022 is over. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people are probably going to do that mm -hmm. and just wait and see, wait and see what happens. Now, uh, as I mentioned recently as well, the most successful investors are the ones that actually go out there and continue to invest, don't listen to the noise. And just keep focused on your goals. And I think that's the biggest uh, takeaway from this right now is to just keep doing what you're doing and be cautious, of of course. You definitely need to be aware of these, these changes and things that are happening out there, but don't let it stop you. Um, no one's going to go out there and build wealth for you. And if you sit there and pause while you wait for the mm. global situation to sort itself out, wait for COVID to sort itself out, wait for the, the government to settle in, regardless of whether it's the existing or a new government, if you're waiting for all of these things to happen, you can't control any of them anyway. So why wait? Mm. And my, my view is as long as you've got the right team of advisors around you, mortgage brokers, solicitors, financial planners, all of the right people around you, 
um, then of course you're relying on those people to make an informed decision on, on what's right for your own personal situation. Obviously today we're not telling anyone to go rush out there and spend every last cent you've got on property. <laughs> make sure you get independent advice so that you can actually understand your risk profile and your situation in detail. We're not here to give any advice on this podcast, but when you understand your situation and what's going to be appropriate for you, then you can make an informed decision. And if you decide that you're going to sit on the sidelines for a year or two, that's great. If you decide to continue investing, that's also great. But I certainly wouldn't be waiting for everything else to go and sort itself out before you go and take your next steps with your investing. Just to finish off from my last comments, I would just say to people that are uh, going out there and either voting for the first time or not sure who they're going to vote for yet. I'm not going to get on my political soapbox and tell people who they should vote for. That's not uh, <laughs> This is not the forum for that. Um, but look, I, I think I would encourage people to make sure you actually spend a little bit of time in the next, uh, in the next little while. Obviously, the podcast is coming out a couple of days before the election. But do some research on who you're voting for. Go to, go to websites to read up on what their policies are. Make sure you're voting uh, for people that actually support your beliefs and actually go uh, through the process of understanding that because you might find that you end up voting for somebody that you're actually not really uh, in support of. So make sure you understand what you're voting for. We're in a democratic uh, country. We're very lucky in, in Australia to be able to, to vote and have our votes counted properly. Uh, and whilst it is a, a legal requirement that we do place a vote, I think it's very important for people to actually understand the voting system and the process involved, understand who they're voting for, because we are really in a, a very interesting time in history. Obviously, we've just been through a, a global pandemic. Um, we've got um, geopolitical uh, situations happening with obviously conflict in Europe. Uh, China is is rising as a superpower. Uh, the US is in decline over a long period of time, and we've got partnerships with, with people all around the world. So I think it's a very interesting time that we're in. And uh, Australia's in a unique position uh, in the global marketplace right now. So I think it's a very important time for people to understand who they're voting for and the impact of your vote. Every vote counts. So make sure that you're not putting any any vote in that you don't understand. I would encourage people you know, to please understand who you're voting for. It makes a big difference. And mm. you know, anybody that's, um, that's uh, new to the country, um, my partner's just... Um, uh, been able to get Australian citizen, citizenship. Mm. Unfortunately, it's only a couple of days after the election that the actual cer ceremony takes place. Um, <laughs> but being able to vote in Australia is something, you know, that, that is, is just a real privilege. And I think that we really should be taking advantage of that. And it is an opportunity for us in this, um, in this climate that uh, we all make sure our votes count. Yeah, we are very lucky and all the information is out there. So, yeah, most definitely, most definitely do your research before you vote. As, as with everything, obviously, you know, as, as yep. investors, we want to make sure we do our research That's right. when it comes to, to, to voting. These people are literally in charge of our entire economy, our, our health and safety, our, um, our incomes and jobs. So we want to make sure that we're electing the right people. And that means really understanding who we're voting for. So I'd encourage people to really invest a little bit of time to understand who you're actually voting for and what they stand for. Yeah. I think well said, and it will be very interesting to see what the, the result is. But regardless of the outcome of this election, and if you're interested in learning about how to build long-term wealth through Australian property, or if anything we've spoken about today has sparked your interest, make sure to book a discovery call with one of our mentors. Um, and you can do that by visiting thepropertymentors.com.au. Make sure to tune in over the next few weeks as we've got some really great guests either featuring or coming back, one of them being our fabulous mortgage broker for the second time. But until then, thank you so much for listening. And Luke, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Phoebe. Have a great week ahead.